Hey, it's Wake Up With KC, and today I want to talk about something that I feel led to talk about, and I've had other guests on my show, you know, to, to discuss about, you know, the Akashic Records, numerology, um, and here's the thing, where we are at today, you know, what if it is a belief in a program that we've been running and operating in, and it's really a false identity of who we are. And how can we honestly find truth of who we are? What if there was a key and the Akashic Records, your soul contract, if you wanna call it that, has the clues and the keys to help guide you and you have a way of finding out your purpose of why you came here in the first place. Please welcome Clayton Kateri. Welcome, how Clayton. How are you doing? I'm doing great now that I have you on the show because I've always been open-minded. And, it. you know, I'd like to ask you if you went down this journey and then had this, these questions like, okay, something ain't right here. What the hell's going on? Who am I? And why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> and a short answer. Yes. <laughs> um, and a little bit longer of an answer. I mean, I, you know, there's a level of kind of just going with the flow, doing what you're told. And, there was always a little bit piece of me because I think when I was younger, I was a bit more introverted. If you told me I was going to be a podcast host, I would have probably never believed you whenever I was like in middle school or even high school. And there was always this like little poke of, but why, you know, and I think along the way, I was kind of told to just accept things as they were. Don't really question the status quo. That's not what you do. And it's funny because I still get challenged on stuff like that today, which is awesome. I love it. I love if I say something and people challenge it because that gives me an opportunity to expand my awareness as well. Um, and I don't want to dive into too much of the juicy stuff yet, but I, I guess just at a high level, there's always been a little bit of questioning, but the last maybe year, last two years, I've really pushed the envelope with questioning, asking why, like, why do we accept certain things? Like, you know, anything from saying, why do we accept why something's black and white? Why is, you know, this the way it is at a, at a general level? Why is that true? I, I think that merely asking that question with anything that feels like that question needs to be asked has opened up, let's say the Akashic records for me in my life. It's been fascinating. Wow. And wouldn't you, would it be safe to say, that because I always talk about like the limited beliefs, the programming, and it goes from generation to generation to generation, just getting passed down. And then when you come into the, you know, into this earth realm, it's you're already told by your parents, they they actually teach you what they believe. They probably never even questioned their beliefs. They just, this is the way it is, like you said earlier, you know, and you don't even challenge them because then there's this, you know, obey your parents kind of thing. Well, I question, well, you know, well, they believe that I question it. 
and then it's like you get shut down or you get punished for actually questioning their own beliefs and that creates mm. a trauma wouldn't you agree a hundred percent a hundred percent and where my mind's going because we talked about this in the green room beforehand is the realm of religion and i was brought up presbyterian and i had a whole thing of questioning that along my way um currently for anyone who's interested i try not to identify with any specific religion or ideology i'm just open i'm open to new information um but the reason I bring that up is because we were talking about the idea of God fearing and the basis of that is really interesting because people believe that it is supposed to mean, you know, respect and reverence. And this is something I'm trying to put together myself right now. And this is becoming because it comes from the a Hebrew word, which meant fear and reverence. However, for some reason, we have kept propagating this idea of fear as opposed to being respect God, like I'm God fearing. It's not like I'm God respecting. Like that just is completely different in my opinion. But the reason I bring this up is because culturally speaking, we have always viewed God as a masculine figure. And where I see that this has played out in our society is with parenting. And if you look at, I know this happened in my childhood for sure, where my dad, it's like, you know, if he was able to make me afraid of something, then it meant that I respected him or I respected his decision or I respected his viewpoint. And I feel like that this had to have started from a place, in my opinion, in my life, it started in a place of the church where it's like, well, you fear the father. And it's like, if your kid fears you, then that means that they respect you. And I feel like that couldn't be further from the truth. No. And, and to what you're saying, it keeps us down in a lower vibration. It keeps us below the vibration of fear. It's like fear is now our highest point. And everything that's below fear is essentially like shame, guilt, grief, apathy. And it's like, if you want to ascend that, you need to be able to ascend the fear of it. And it's like, you know, in an ideal world, we should just embrace unconditional love. And it's like, except the fact we might not know everything, embrace unconditional love. Because I think at some level, parents want to show that, but then they choose the modality of fear to show it where that's a lower frequency. And maybe I'm getting a little far down the rabbit hole, but... Um, that's kind of where, and I wanted to bring it back to the parents because that seemed like where your question was coming from. Well, but then I look at, okay, they were taught by their parents. They were mm. taught by their parents. And like, how far back does this go? You right. know, and you know what, you, when you mentioned about the father and whatnot and like fear as respect, I like that is more of, fear in order to control and dominate mm. that fear because then if you look oh god is love you know god loves all his children i'm like well then why is it that in certain other scriptures that oh he punished he raped he murdered women and children right it's powerful look it up stuff. In Deuteronomy. And even and if like, you look at uh, that's not God. I don't know. Like who would even think like knowing what I know now being in this earth realm right now, seeing, you know, the wars, the gun violence and everything. And I'm like something. This isn't God. This is man. This is ego. This is what fear control ma manipulation 
power does when you're operating under that fear. Mm. So what is the opposite of fear? Love. So how do we know what actually love is? Love is an energy, inner emotion, a feeling, very at a, what, 900 and something uh, uh, frequency. So if fear is the highest one, what is the lowest one? You know, and it's like, okay, I like, I'm seeing this. I'm like, well, and like what you said earlier is like, you know, we're all taught that this God is a man form, but what if, you know, what was in the Bible, it wasn't really God. It was somebody that was appointed God or someone who thought God, this God came from the sky. But what if it was an alien, an E.T.? A highly evolved being that just decided to come to planet Earth, knowing what we know now. Yeah, and I mean, it's certainly, God's an interesting word. And I think it's something that can take delicacy in order for us to articulate in the first place. Because the way that I've started to view the world, especially through a lens of energy, is that God is... The way that I use the word God is in reverence to all the energy that makes up this physical universe, the universal energy, which would be everything from me to you to someone who's listening to the phone that the person is listening to this on to the microphone that I'm using to the animals outside. So what gets interesting from that perspective is that how can you have a story that involves God? Because if God is the universal energy of everything, then the book, then a story, if you go to start to tell a story, the energy of that story is a piece of God. So now if you want to put somebody in that story named God, you are, it's not really God. It's a subfraction of God because it, and maybe that's a little confusing, but, and this is just, again, my way of defining it, but in order to put God into a story, you would have to then, take a fraction of him, you would have to invoke separation in order to create that entity in your story, thus going against kind of the whole idea of the law of one, of the one of unification, the idea that God is within all of us and in everything. And you mentioned something earlier about, you know, my concept now is, you know, imagination, a thought then the feeling the energy energy emotion connected to that thought becomes a physical matter look at everything look how cars look how houses look how furniture was made look how it all started with a thought mm -hmm. and what if that thought that energy you know i call like what I, how I can relate to it is a greater intelligent, a life force energy. It's neither male or female, but it's in me. It's keeping my heart beating. It keeps me breathing and exhaling and inhaling. And I don't even have to think about it. Wow. I'm a part of this. This is in me. And we 
are experiencing life together. I can imagine, I can dream, I can feel, and then I can do. How amazing is that? That like once you start realizing that, like I could change my life, change your thought, change your life. You know, and I try to tell people like, well, if you're sick and tired of what you see negatively, then why not change it to something positive? But we have to, with everything that's going on, it's that negative energy, that hatred, that separation, that to me is like a propaganda to keep us in that low vibration. We got to self-discipline, self-control. Like, you know what? I'm tired of listening to that that negative energy because it affects us inwardly, emotionally, spiritually. And it just, it's like feeding a cancer of some sort. So how do you change that? By thinking of good vibrations, good thoughts, things that give you joy, things that make you happy, that emotion, and it's connected to all of us collectively, individually, and even in the earth based on someone that was two people that was so creative and helping us gain knowledge and wisdom. And the root of it is already in us and in the earth, our chakras. And you talk about stories. So how does the Akashic Records come into connecting with us and who we are because that's a story in itself yeah and i think everybody's when you start to talk about i i mean you talk about reality everybody has a different perception and so now whenever we're stepping into this conversation of higher energy higher realms everybody's perception is going to start getting a little different as well the way i personally tend to view the Akashic records is of a library because as a human being, a physical human, all the knowledge is in the library. You know, you can go to a library if you want to find all the knowledge. I mean, maybe an internet's a better example nowadays, but if we're going to distill it down to a physical structure, a library is what I think of when I think of the Akashic records. And it's somewhere, the best way to describe it is almost like it's this infinite energy field that exists. And it's really fascinating because quantum physics is actually starting to prove its existence. So for those of you, those who don't know, there's a theory, or I think it's pretty well proven at this point, but I'm going to just put it out as a theory, which is called quantum entanglement. And they've shown through, um, you know, tests where, you know, you can shoot off two atoms and that they are entangled. So if you do something to one atom, it'll instantaneously affect the other atom, even though there is space between the two atoms. And what this essentially expands out to is that every single word that I utter, every single emotion that I feel, any action I take instantaneously affects a star, a planet on the opposite side of the universe instantaneously. And what also adds to this now is the, is the idea that the present moment is the only thing that ever exists. The past and the future are merely a construct of your mind. You know, if, you know, we have this conversation and then we meet up uh, tomorrow and talk about this conversation, we'll both have completely different opinions and views on exactly what we talked about. 
So now what we do is we combine those two ideas, the idea of quantum entanglement and the power of now. So if you look at this from a human construct, everything that has ever happened in the history of the universe has occurred in order for me to be sitting here talking to you, you listening to this conversation. It goes from everything from, you know, basically Jesus walking on earth to, you know, the Anunnaki being here all the way up to what shirt I chose to wear. Like this shirt probably influences decisions and words that I'm going to use in my vernacular to communicate these ideas. So where it gets interesting is that if right now is the only thing that ever occurred and, and everything is entangled in this quantum field, that means that we have access to information of everything that will ever occur in the totality of history and in the totality of our future. Where it gets a little weird is that infinite possibilities exist, infinite timelines exist. So whenever you go and talk to a being of higher intelligence, they can view every single timeline and they'll do their best to give you information related to your specific timeline. But if you ask them certain questions along the lines of, well, should I do this? Or when will this happen? Or how does this occur? Sometimes they'll be like, you know, there's infinite possibilities. So the when is kind of arbitrary in a sense. Um, and you and you have free will. So it, it's kind of difficult for us to tell you exactly how things will occur. But they can at least give you a lens of like a higher perspective of, you know, it's so funny because they kind of they, they tend to distill down truths to a level of like stuff that my mom or parents have told me, like, you know, smile or tell the truth or, you know, treat others as you want to be treated or like look to your lives where your energy is spent in a negative way. But it's really fascinating because they find ways to say it in which resonate. And I see this with my clients all the time. Clients. I, I hate saying clients. You know, it's because I see it as like this soul journey where we're figuring it out. But people I've helped where the, the words I say resonate with me a little bit, but the way that it resonates with them is like, it's like turning on a light switch where they're like, they kind of always knew it, but it's like the way that it's said to them just hits at a different level where it's like, oh, like that's why that's been holding me back in all these different aspects of my life. And so it's, I, you know, again, it's so fascinating to me to watch that. And I am beyond honored and grateful to have found this way in my life to be able to help unlock people. And you've kind of said it a good way earlier, whenever you're talking about the key in the door, it's like, you know, there's the, the Akashic records, the library that it is has all these books, but these books have locks on them. And it's not like you get to open them. It's like you, you need to ask the right question. That would be your key in order for them to open up that book and show you what it is that you're looking for. And so again, even though there is infinite knowledge, it's not like you can say, okay, what should I know? It's like, geez, like <laughs> everyone just starts talking at once. It's like, you should know all this. And it's like, well, we can't give you all that information at once. Cause I think at some level it would fry our, you know, physical brain because <laughs> you just can't download everything, you know, it'd be too overwhelming for us as a human being. Um, but when you being in the Akashic records and the infinite possibilities, because energy changes, our mm -hmm. perception changes, uh, what we thought we believed in one aspect of what we were going to do, we experience something and it changes the, the course, the direction. So when you put it in that aspect, I'm like, oh, yeah, because I could change my mind and create something you know, but I find that the sole purpose of why it comes here 
you know, is to one, remember of who we are, have the self realizations when we finally connect to information or energy that it's like your soul is like, Hey, pay attention. This is you, you know, this is a part of you kind of thing. <laughs> this is connected to you. Or do you remember this? Yes. That's why you experienced it because now you understand why, you know, and it's just like a jigsaw puzzle of helping you master what it is that you came to master here in this earth realm. For sure. And that's something that I repeat as much as I possibly can, especially when doing interviews. Anytime I make a TikTok video, it's like, look, I'm explaining to you. I'm explaining to anyone who's listening the way that I view reality. If I say something that doesn't re resonate with you, just leave it. Don't don't pick it up. Don't play with it. Just leave it. Anything I say that does resonate with you, take it, expand on it, see how it can fit in there, fit into your pit, puzzle piece. And I have a whole analogy about a keyhole, how you know we view the world through a keyhole. And again, quantum physics backs it up. Um, but, but without going too deep into that, you know, we can bring that up later if you're interested. But the, the point of the matter is, is like if something resonates with you, take it. If you hear something, you're like, nah, I don't really know about that. Like that seems too far for me. Just let it go. If it fascinates you, do a deeper research. But if, you know, you're like, that's wrong. There's no way. Then I don't, then the information isn't for you. Well, what about uh, Clayton? Because this is how I, I sort of discovered something about myself is you talk about resonating, like if it resonates with you. Well, when I hear or see it's like, oh, wow, that, and I feel something. It's like I'm hearing or feeling truth being presented mm. to me, like my truth. Right. And I think that that's where that connection of resonating what you hear, because then, you know, you ask a question, you'll receive an answer. You receive the truth, especially if it comes from the authentic self. And it's very important to note, I think, with this, that I don't know, maybe it's a lot of people, I don't really know. But what I will say, and this comes through the Akashic Records pretty frequently, is that if you're not living in a world of truth, if you're not living in the modality of being completely honest with everybody in your life, then you're not going to know what your truth is. If you are, and the interesting thing that also comes through a lot is like, the idea of big and small, because we believe like if we, oh, it's a small lie, it's a little white lie. In the eyes of the records, it's all the same. Whether you're lying about your net worth or you're lying about somebody's dress or lying about how food tastes or, you know, it doesn't matter because in the eyes of the records, in the eyes of the totality of everything, it's a lie. It, the size of it isn't important. And what's important for you to know, and this goes back to that vibrational effect that you cast with your words that instantaneously affects all atoms at once is that if you are saying lies you are creating an energetic imprint within yourself and the ripple field around you which comes to a swimming pool analogy that i have but the point of the matter is is that you are create you are signature you're embodying your signature alignment your energetic alignment with the alignment of falsity of lies so if i say something to you that might be a truth of yours, 
but you're too caught up in lies, you might actually identify something that might be your truth as a lie because that has become your frequency. And what happens is, is actually sometimes you'll see like this um, occurs. Sometimes it will invoke anger actually whenever I tell you a truth of yours, but then you're like, no, like, and you resist it. It's because you might be living in that falsehood of lies and not be truly evaluating the deepest truth. And I'm hoping that made sense because I felt like I <laughs> felt like I almost lost myself at the end there. It's almost like a trigger. Correct. And there's, there's many aspects of triggers. It's emotional, energetic traumas, Absolutely. you know, and then, you know, I believe that's how like the, the, uh, there's an aspect of the, the religion aspect of, you know, that creating those, you know, cause there's lies in there too. And it was created for a reason to keep the fear in mankind. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like, it seems like the more I research these stories is that there's a lot of truth in them, but then it comes back to our perception and this comes back to our keyholes that I've loosely alluded to where if you try, if you take a very true story, but then like warp your perception around it, it changes your reality because you're, you feel these truths. And again, like, I don't want to bash the Bible. Like there's a lot of truths in what is written. The point though is, is your interpretation of it. If it's so warped off reality, you might be living in a state of fear, a state of anger. And it's because and you, and you might be confused why, but it's because that there are truths in the Bible and all sacred texts, but I, I grew up with the Bible. So I'm more resonant with it. There are truths in it, but your interpretation of them are shifted. So you almost like shift yourself out of alignment because you're like, wait, I, there's something true about this, but I can't figure out what it is. And that's your soul like screaming at you like, dude, you know it, you know it, let's go. Like, and, and it's, it's a fun journey once you start to question, question your interpretation of things. Maybe that's a better way to put it is, is if you question your interpretation of things, it'll like, it'll, it'll re, it'll start that reorientation of the world for you. And what I've learned is, you know, cause I questioned some things and, and, you know, reading the Bible. Cause I was like, well, that doesn't sound right. I mean, perfect example, Adam and Eve and then Cain and Abel and then Cain killed Abel. Cain got exiled, but came back with the wife. And I'm like, well, if Adam and Eve were the first male and female, where did that wife come from for, for Cain? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's those little keys that I'm like, something's not truth in this story. I So personally, and this is a personal belief, I I understand what you're saying, but I would try to hold I don't want to tell you what to think in my belief system. I believe that these stories are more extrapolated out against truth. Right. So I, I feel as if it comes from a dogmatic place where people hold on to like, okay, there was only one man and one woman at one point in time. And then, you know, there was literally like a garden of Eve and or a garden of a garden of uh, what is Eden. It Eden. Yeah. A garden of Eden. And so, you know, I, Though there might be some truth to it, I think the way that it gets depicted, and this is, comes back to the kind of the Akashic Records work, is that they've been written in such a way such that our culture and language can understand them in a facet that makes sense for our modern day understanding. The physical structure of it might not have looked exactly like that, and we can play around with that, that idea as much as we want. But, you know, I'm not, 
I don't know. I mean, a portion of this, I don't know, but looking at it from a metaphysical lens is kind of where I approach it as opposed to looking at this as a, well, there was definitely this, like the earth was definitely created in seven days. And, you know, so I, I guess I just want to lend that out there to anybody or yourself even. It is. Oh, just wait. You're going to go for a wild ride. <laughs> oh, oh, little th It's like the little things will lead. It's like when you ask a question and it's like the answer doesn't come like that sometimes. It could probably take days, weeks, months, even a year. But when it does come, it's like you have that aha self-realization. Oh, yeah, I remember I asked about this. And then with me, with my journey, it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But what about da, 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 mm. da, 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 it, 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 you start answering, like asking another question. So you hear truth, feel truth, but it will lead you to, because that's part of the journey of connecting to the soul essence, the soul purpose, and then letting go of the beliefs and the programmings. Right. And then there's that emotional energetic trauma of connecting of, how that energy keeps getting passed down and manifesting itself in different forms, different time periods, different timelines, if you want to call it that. So it's like, to me, where I'm at and what now I've gained in a lot of realization is like, oh my God, we are such a fucked up mis dysfunctional family and we need to get our shit together kind of thing. Like, and there's a lot of confusion. Wake up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in, in our own pace. And I understand that. I'm like, so now when I look at other human beings, I'm like, mm, now I understand. I wish you well. And you wake up soon. And then I just let, let them be like, you're, you're, you're where you're at for where you're at kind of thing, you know, and you for just sure. got to love them where they're at, but go on. Absolutely. You know? And it's like, hopefully you'll catch up. kind of thing. <laughs> well, I mean, everyone's in there. Is it everyone's exactly where they need to be for what their goal is in life? You know, it's, you know, there's, you can learn something from everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I'll say on that. And then, uh, have you ever, because uh, what we're talking about energy and, and the Akashic Records and whatnot, but have you ever heard of the Celestine Prophecy? I have. I've read that book. <gasps> Dude, did you see the movie? No, I haven't. <gasps> you it, the do I? I saw it had really Whoa. bad reviews, so I avoided it. It's not like the book is so much better because it's so much more descriptive, but you get like pieces of parts and then towards the end i was like <laughs> well, that's what you're talking about all right no spoilers <laughs> i'm like i totally get it and then it connects back to something that a great teacher and a great master when he was here on earth was trying to teach mm. but they got it wrong they they misinterpreted they misunderstood and a lot of the the writings were you know almost a hundred years later from the true experience of what happened and it got misconstrued and, and whatnot a hundred years later 
But just seeing that, it just gave the visualization based on what I read. Because I have the audiobook, I have the hard copy, and then I saw the movie and I was like, this makes so much more sense. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I have, an, I have an idea of what you're talking about, but yeah. <laughs> it's a good book. There's a lot of like, oh yeah, like a whole lot of like, oh yes, or like, that's an interesting way to look at it. You know, it definitely expands your mind to look at things. Uh, though it's writ written fictionally, it certainly holds a lot of metaphysical truths to it. Not only that, but it was a key connection to Peru. And mm. I, at about in the Machu Picchu, the Incas, and there is, which I'm doing some research and, and study on, um, the these ancient civilizations and how they got their knowledge and wisdom from other highly evolved beings. Mm. So it, it's just fascinating. I'm like, so that makes sense, you know, because how did they come up with this? How did they know about this? They had to have someone, you know, show them how to build this, how to do this. Because there was uh, heart surgeons, there was brain tran transplants, there was like all this stuff drawn in clay and i'm like how do they know how to do that <laughs> and so it is it's like when you can instead of looking so with blinders on you know or in this one lens and i think that's where we're at now it's from the 3d to you know going to the 5d and how i can you know, how I try to explain people is like, you got an iPhone, you know, you could go on your photo and then put it up. You could take a portrait, you could take a regular picture. But then when you go to the panoramic view, you get a wider view. And I think that's what we're transitioning into from opening our third eye, awakening up, um, bringing our consciousness vibration up it is showing us a bigger wider view of what's possible in this like what i call new world you know when there's chaos happening there's reasons why there's chaos because it's supposed to let go of the old and bring in what's new and better to help serve mankind and our planet. Would that be safe to say from the Akashic Records? Um, I'm not going to speak on behalf of the Akashic Records on that. Yet from my perspective, I believe that that's a lot of truth there. I mean, especially with the idea of like the age of Aquarius, the age of information. We're certainly expanding in that direction. I certainly see it uh, from a religious background. It's really fascinating because I, I believe there was one point where like, you know, Christ talks about his second coming and well, Jesus talks about a second coming. And what's fascinating is that Christ is actually a state of consciousness. It's not actually a person and people might get that confused quite frankly. And um, because he was first known as Jesus of Nazareth, then he was known as Jesus, the Christ, and then he was known as Jesus Christ. And so Christ consciousness is just a higher level of consciousness. And so whenever he was talking about the second coming of Christ, he was basically saying the second coming of Christ consciousness, which is, 
our entire planet hitting like essentially this threshold. And what's also really fascinating is that I believe that this actually came up in a reading that um, the universe is now actually expanding at a faster rate than it's ever expanded before. And coming back to quantum entanglement, coming back to the conscious awareness, I truly believe that that is a consequence of the fact that more conversations like this are occurring. There are more movies talking about the multiverse, talking about infinite possibilities and just that cultural shift, having that shift in culture is this is a is a manifestation of our minds expanding because I even went to see the movie and I highly suggest anyone who loves this conversation, go check it out. It's called everything everywhere all at once. And I went and saw that with my dad and it's all about quantum shifting, quantum jumping. And, you know, I had a conversation with my dad who's in his mid, I'm not going to date him older than me. (laughs) And I was like, dad, when like, have you ever like, I was like, this is crazy because, you know, we have movies like Dr. Strange coming out, which is personally my favorite Marvel character. Um, the multiverse of madness, you see Spider-Man, no way home. You see Spider-Man in the multiverse. You see just so many multiverse movies coming out that it's like, I asked my dad, I'm like, was this ever like a thing when you were a kid? He was like, no, like the multiverse was never an idea. Let's say in like the seventies or eighties, like nobody was talking about it. I, I think there was some research done in science, but like it was not nearly as mainstream as it is now. And we're just hitting that in expanding inflection points where we're like, oh, <laughs> infinite possibilities. Like, that's just a thing now, you know? Well, here's what I got because I love history is there was in the 1940s, the 1950s, the 1960s. You got George Smith. You got um, Zachariah Sitchin. Then you've got Edgar Casey, who channeled, you know, and was getting messages. And I feel like, you know, like, Beings like you and me, I, I come from a star seed. So, and being a light worker and an energy healer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm, I'm connecting with others like you and whatnot. There's like this collective, like light workers coming together to unite, to help with this expansion. Mm-hmm. But in now in this time, but there were others, but we didn't have the internet back in those times. So it was Doing going from, I guess, from city to city to state to state and global with these messengers that were trying to. Thomas Paine was one of them. That was in the like 1700s. And there was people that were actually presenting truth, but some people tortured, executed because of because they didn't want the truth to be revealed to help us you know gain that so i commend them i like thank you for your sacrifice it it gives us energetically another opportunity for other souls to come in and do the same like they leave boom some someone else is going to show up and who knows maybe it's their soul coming back in because i mean the way i see it too now is you know the idea of speaking your truth and being you know like i don't I don't really fear death anymore. And the way I see it is, you know, if for some reason, if I, as long as I'm speaking my truth and pursuing truth to my highest frequency, it's like, there's some part of me that's like, if, if for some reason, you know, I go out before I'm due, like for some reason, some malevolent force takes me out. My thought process is like, well, I'll just reincarnate and it's going to happen again. So it's like, 
I don't know. It's weird. It's like this thought process that like if, you know, so the reason I'm bringing this up is because maybe like they're t- like they're just they have reincarnated to repeat their thing because they're like, no, I need to get this information out. I know I can do it like da 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 da. Take that as you will. And so maybe, you know, at some level, maybe their soul has reincarnated to carry out because they were taken out by malevolent forces. Um, you know, I you know, I guess this is kind of hypothetical as, as well. So you know, take all this with a grain of salt. I'm kind of just, I've never explored this idea. This is the first time I'm exploring it. So, you know, it's not, it's not my, um, I guess my go-to talking points or the things I normally rift on that, you know, I can talk to with a little bit more certainty. So take that or leave it. So there is something that just came to me and I'll have to tell you later after this interview, because it just came to me. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to remind him to that, that's part of it, of what you experienced prior to coming on when we were in the green room. So I have to make sure I tell you that. Cause that's I mean, feel free. If you want to talk about it now, feel free. Anything we talked about in the green room, I more than okay, so to discuss. We <laughs> also talked about, um, I, I mentioned to you about the Anunnaki pantheons that there, there's two stepbrothers, Inky and Enlil. And I think there's a misconception about, even what was written in the Bible that, and I remember something like I read a book of uh, conversations with God when um, uh, Neil Donald Walsh and he said, you, you know, your society and your culture and your religion was, you know, Believing in something that wasn't true as if it was true. And then I look at, oh, yeah, because the serpent wasn't really Satan. Mm. What if it was actually God? And then the God that was like, I curse you. What have you done? You made them more like us. But in the beginning, I said, let's create man in our image. But then you go back and contradict what you said at the beginning. So what if that was actually the devil? And then to me, I look at, okay, I see how Enlil, based on the research and the writings and the readings that I'm actually studying, that was Enlil. And then Inky was actually the one that gave mankind the knowledge and wisdom, like the, 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 the fruit of the tree, the you know, that symbolic and and the metaphoric way of Eve taking that bite. So when it came to that and understanding about, you know, they call them Lucifer, they call call, them the devil, Satan, but Lucifer is actually the bringer of light. If you studied that word, the bringer of light would you like me to go into my story of what we discussed <laughs> go with the for it. but that i was like yeah because the bringer of light that's that is it but it's in another language and i'm trying to figure out how to speak that name in that language i'm trying to find mm. it and i'm gonna ask them like hey how do you say it in that ancient time language because it was something of good and um it connected to help people that name. 
yeah so I mean, I, i'm learning and understanding i'm like okay so how do you say the name is it actually been you know another name at the beginning but now in the more modern time you know from the way everything was created with bringing lucifer into it it wasn't really lucifer it was another name well names are pretty powerful i mean mm -hmm. and i learned that yeah i guess i'll um yeah names are pretty powerful <laughs> i learned that for sure um i guess my story that brought me to this illumination let's call it was that i had a dream and i'm pretty connected with my dreams in the astral realm and i had a dream where i was in my bedroom and i was like looking at the door to my bedroom and i went to reach to grab the doorknob of my bedroom door and it shifted up like two inches or maybe like a foot or so. I don't know. The point was though, is that I know I didn't grab the doorknob. Well, then the door opens a crack and I'm like, well, that's interesting. And I could tell that there was something on the other side of this door. And then it opens about a quarter of the way. And I'm like, Oh, it's probably my dog. And then the door just swings wide open. My dog is not there. And there's just an energy in front of me. And so then this energy just kind of comes straight at me, hits me in the chest. I fall backwards and I'm kind of, it's this feeling of electrocution. And I was also feeling a little afraid. And so I kind of just sat there repeating, like, I am divinely protected. I'm divinely protected. I'm divinely protected. I wake up, I'm a little bit shaken, a little bit disturbed, but you know, I then decided to consult the Akashic records on this. I'm like, guys, like what the hell just happened? Like that was bonkers. Like I've never, never experienced something like that. I know there was significance to that because I was so like energetically jolting that something occurred. And I'm like, and here's also a good testament of how the Akashic records don't tell you everything until you ask the right question. I'm like, so what was that? Like, what was that? Uh, what was that energy that went in me? And they were like, it was upgrades. And I'm like, okay, what upgrades? They're like alignment, healing, um, light, more knowledge, opening of your third eye. And I'm like, okay, well, what was the name of that energy? And they go, Lucifer. Now, from my back, my background with the Bible and everything, I'm like, you let the devil inside me? Like, why? Like, I trusted you guys. Like, you guys were supposed to have my back. Why would you let the devil get into me? And they go, no, not the devil, Lucifer. And I'm like sitting there, like just puzzled. I'm like, what? Like, what are you? Like, what are you trying to tell me? I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, the devil and Lucifer are different. And I'm sitting there, like, okay. I'm like sitting there, like I'm kind of rattled at this point. I'm like, what? Like, this is like groundbreaking stuff to me and i'm like okay well like I, like i trust you guys like we've been through so much together like i know i trust you guys but i need something in my physical like reality in order for this to be proven like and they're like okay like that's fair uh we want you to search um lucifer actually good star so i type that into uh my search engine i think i use DuckDuckGo or quant or something and what pops up is articles on the history of the word lucifer and it started in Latin, which actually meant Venus. And then it also meant like morning star, light bringer, the person of light. And I'm sitting there and it's blowing me away because the upgrades I got were of light frequency, were of, uh, of knowledgement, alignment, opening my third eye. And I'm just sitting there like, what the hell? And then I'm looking even more deeper. And the term Lucifer didn't shift to mean the devil until the King James Bible, which I think is like the main one that's used today. And I'm sitting there like, 
just my mind's exploding. I'm like, I don't even know where to go with this. Like, this is so crazy to me. And the next revelation that occurred, and this comes back to the whole power of names thing and why names and words are so freaking important, but we, for some reason, don't think that they are is because if we go back into my dream, I had that panic. I had that fear. And I was sitting there saying, repeating to myself, I am divinely protected. I am divinely protected. I am divinely protected. And what I realized is, is that I recognize this, my soul, my energy, recognize this energy being called Lucifer. Yet my subconscious programming was Lucifer equals devil. But in reality, this was light. This was goodness that was coming into me. And it just broke me because I was like, holy shit. Like, like my perception of reality was that Lucifer equals devil. And here's the energy of Lucifer coming into me. And even though it's good, even though it's good, even though it's the truth, even though it's light, my subconscious programming was that this is evil. This is bad. Reject this. And so I think that really ties in everything we've talked about from, you know, living in the, living in the frequency of truth to how your perception creates reality to how, the simple changing of names can have such an impact on your experience in life. It's, it's <laughs> otherworldly. Well, yeah. And I just recently discovered that uh, even the name Jesus, it's two different people that people are connecting with. Hmm. Uh, if you look at the original name, Yeshua, Going back in those times, that was the name of this man who also, by the way, traveled to India, Asia, and even Egypt. This man lived in uh, Cairo, Egypt, and there's a shrine, mm. married, had children. But in those writings that they have, a you know, the plaques and all this information about this man, it's Yeshua which in Arabic and, and whatnot was another form of Joshua. Yeshua, Joshua. So that makes sense. But then I'm like, well, why is everyone calling him Jesus then? If it was Yeshua, there's significance to this that I just recently found out. And I was like, are you shitting me? Like, oh my gosh, I think these people are like praying to the wrong person who is actually was physically here, but he was like the most evilest man. Mm. Jesus and I was, was. Like, oh, you're my saying the God, name people because Jesus, like Jesus, Isus. Okay. okay. Jesus, Jesus. When okay. I say Zeus, what comes to your mind? Well, the way you emphasized it would be Zeus. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. no J because it, it took on a different form from somebody that was actually, it comes from the, the Roman Catholic era back in those times who wanted to be, he saw, uh, I think it was his brother. George, I, I took notes. It was uh, George something. And he's like, no, I want power. Mm, I, want, I want power and I want to go into military and I'm going to conquer. And what they did was they conquered and 
tortured indigenous tribes they tortured other people like you're going to turn into convert to our religion because this is it or you're going to suffer die or whatnot and he got da vinci to create his face as the jesus that you see in the artwork today mm. i was like wow that's fascinating that is fascinating because if you look at, if you go back in those times, the color skin of people back in those times weren't white like us. Okay. So there was a Yeshua that actually went to Egypt, the mystery schools, uh, studying about reincarnation, then went to India and Asia, who studied about Reiki, energy, and things like that. And was teaching it when he came back to his hometown to others. Because if you think about it, Yeshua, when he was in puberty, going through puberty, parents left and realized that, oh, we forgot Yeshua. Or what people say in the Bible, Jesus. They went back to the temple and he was in, with the Pharisees and blah, 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 blah. But that's all you heard of him until he was in his 30s. You see what I'm saying? So there's missing pieces to the public, uh, to the Bible. So if you want to connect those dots, you got to study your history. If you do For not sure. learn your history, you're destined to repeat it. Very true. And I need, I do need to take off. I'm loving this conversation, but I do need to take off soon. So, oh. I, I, but I'm, this has been an amazing conversation so far. I just Thank want to put you. that out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would love to, you know, be on your show, you know, have you back on my show. Um, I do believe I left in the description, uh, the description notes of how people can contact you, get a reading from their Akashic records and whatnot. Um, and you even have courses. I appreciate that. Yeah, I have a, I have a course that it's basically my template of how I figured out how to heal trauma, how to heal it in my life. I give book references that have helped me so you can get even deeper knowledge in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, just keep questioning reality. Um, that's really all of the message I want to spread. I mean, yeah, if you want to get connected with me even deeper, check out the links, Instagram, TikTok, traveling to consciousness. Um, and that's really what I'm doing is I'm just spreading my understanding as I travel through this crazy human experience and whatever really comes up along the way it's a mixture of consciousness spirituality religion quantum physics uh, plant medicine so if those things interest you go check out traveling to consciousness on whatever whatever social media site you're on because we're there and you have a podcast too as well correct yeah i just i basically bring on people that I'm interested in learning more about them, learning more about what's going on in their life, the way they see, they perceive reality. And quite frankly, it's been so wild for me because I've learned so much information just by having people on that I can have like a, and they are longer. Um, they are usually about two to three hours. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, we just, I kind of start off with them and try to see where they were when they were younger and how it progressed into what they're doing and how they've connected to the divine and it's a journey. It's really a journey. And it's a it's a journey in their life. And I think it 
I think it's really important because it helps people realize that people didn't just wake up and think, oh, like, you know, spirituality, like all these things you're talking about and we're talking about here. It's not like, like, again, if we had this conversation probably two years ago, I would have been like, you're insane for everything you're saying. So <laughs> I think it's really important to understand that this isn't something that happened overnight. It's been a ongoing process. And so my podcast really just documents my journey and understanding these new elements of reality that are not discussed anywhere at all. And so I feel like they need to be discussed. So I'm recording those conversations and putting them on the internet. Awesome. So there's truth in to be said about we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. I could not agree more. I, I would even expand it out that we're multidimensional beings having a human experience. But yeah, yes. I mean, yeah. That goes I, deep. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's what I do. Beginner's level right now, uh, but yes, we okay. are multi-dimensional. <laughs> well, as an asterisk, <laughs> my my podcast start out like beginner, and then it goes very quickly into like <laughs> very deep. So just be warned if it does. Again, like I always say, don't don't if it doesn't resonate with you, don't take it. Just keep an open mind and say, what if? What if there's some truth to this? So absolutely, thank you so much, Clayton, for this moment and having this experience with you. I am so honored, humbled, and truly grateful for it. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you having me on. This was incredible from our green room conversation to here. It's yeah, it's something that's amazing. So thank you. Thank you for sharing everything that you have with me. And this has been beautiful. And I, I can tell you're putting together an amazing audience. So I'm grateful to be a part of it and grateful that they could hear my voice, hear my energetic imprint that I'm putting out there. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah. We got to expand it even more. Yeah, And the universe is doing that with us as well. So Age of Aquarius is just getting started. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you. Well, there you go. I hope this was insightful and piqued your interest in learning more, opening yourself to what if we had it all wrong from the beginning and now we have a chance to find some truth. It's already in us. It's up to us to find it out. So stay tuned to more of Wake Up With Casey.